Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. <laughs> nope, it's not Sean Dotson. <laughs> nope, it's not John Redfern. It is, in fact, Colson Lechner. Yep. And, uh, and his partner in crime. Yeah, my one partner in crime today, <laughs> Chris Legg. That's um, right. Is your middle name Mark? Michael. Michael. Chris yep. M. Legg. I didn't know. Okay, great. Uh, I digress. That's quite right. John Redfern is out today. Paul is out today. So we got a little bit of an empty studio. Yep. But we still got stuff to talk about. Oh yeah. So um Ow. if you've if you've been listening along with us, if you've been coming on Sundays, you know that we are um we are back in first Samuel, uh going verse by verse. Yes, we are. And now we are stepping into with with both feet, same first Samuel chapter nine, talking about uh Saul being chosen by Samuel to be king. And so yep. um, we just went through chapter eight this past Sunday, which I thought was great um, because I think it's, it gives an interesting snapshot of Samuel at the kind of the end of, you know, how much we see him um, as, as the main leader. Right. Yep. And um, what I, you know, we talked about his sons and that parenting uh, I I got a lot of really cool, as you were saying, just kind of some parenting stuff right. uh, from that. So that was, I didn't expect that from chapter eight. Um, but then it is also like uh, humbling when God's like, okay, you, you obey them, but right. you warn them. And I think it's like, man, I feel like there's... Um, God has a good, pretty good track record of warning people. And <laughs> yeah, then, exactly. And then it happens. Yep. You know, so <laughs> we'll kind of start to see that, you know, we won't see the full manifestation of that warning, but no, we'll see kind of the, the start of that. So where does, where does your brain go? Where do you feel like you're being led as well, you start on uh, chapter nine? It's interesting because this section is a, it is a person study. And so even though, so you, you know, it's one of the ways you can study scriptures to do yes, uh, character yes. studies. Well, what's wild is this is a character study within the Bible itself. Uh-huh. And so it's a, you know, you can, you could say, okay, we're going to do a character study on Peter and then find all the passages about Peter and pull them together. Well, yeah. in this section, we have this really this character study of the son of Kish, a guy named Saul. Um, and, and then we're going to just, it's, it is like, um, we're going to go through his, this part of his life. Yeah. And it's not, it's not super encouraging. Yeah. Um, and so he's going to very early on, uh, start making some, you know, the first mistakes are going to be pretty small. They'll just be little hints like, uh, I'm not sure that was what was supposed to happen there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we will start getting into, Pretty quickly. I mean, he has some bright shining moments, and we'll look at those mm-hmm. that seem to be at least bright shining moments. Um, but he, even in this first little section, as we start unpacking the story of Saul and his servant looking for these donkeys, yeah, and because that's clearly what this is. I mean, this why why do we need this story? Like, what is the purpose? And so, why is this here? This random. Our story of Saul as king does not start with Saul as king. It doesn't start with him being 
named king. Right. It doesn't start with him being anointed king. It starts with him. Or an incredible leader of people. Yeah, exactly. You know? What you have is literally Saul looking for his dad's donkeys and with his servant. And right off the bat, what we start seeing, and I, th- I think we're supposed to do this, is we start seeing, you know, what kind of stuff does Saul say? What uh-huh. kind of stuff does his servant say? And so we we really, you know, this we'll, we'll try to trace their path because it's yeah. here. You know, they pass through the hill country of Ephraim and pass through the land of Shelashah and all these, like, what what are these and, and why does that matter? And yeah. And and they pass through the land of Benjamin, which is a little weird that that that's the way there. But um, we talked about last Sunday how you know hold hold on to the blessings for Benjamin, yeah, which had nothing to do with being king. It was about being a ravenous wolf who divides spoils, right? And chapter nine, verse one in our Bible says there was a man of Benjamin, and so that should be a non sequitur. We know yeah. Samuel's about to go look for a king, and and so the fact that that begins, there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish. Our first thought probably should be like, That's, so? Yeah. Like, why do I care? Right. And and it takes forever for Samuel to tell you why you should care. Yeah. When you get all the way down through this chapter, and even at the end, you're still kind of like... Scratching your head. Like, like So it is a... 27 ends with, so that I may make known to you the word of God. He has not... Like, we now know... Wait, Saul's the guy? God, God, the Lord is going to reveal it to him. But we get these crazy, all these crazy little, you know, this time tomorrow, you're going to meet the guy at this time, and this is going to happen. And right. we keep getting these patterns of God revealing himself through these amazing, what otherwise we would just think of as either just strange events or, or circumstances or even coincidences. Right. But a coincidence stops being a coincidence when somebody tells you in advance it's going to happen. Right, exactly. And so it's like... Oh, what a what a funny coincidence! I just happened to run into three guys who told me that my dad's donkeys were, you know, whatever. Okay, except that Samuel told you yesterday, hey, tomorrow this this is going to happen, right? Or the that's fact that it's, weird. yeah, and then it's like, wait, how did you know that I was looking for donkeys? You know what <laughs> exactly, I mean? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's really interesting. And so it's a this is a weird one of those you know passages that that is very Hebrew, yeah, not very American. The the way it's told, the order that it's told, yeah, all this type of stuff. Do we pick up on much of Saul's character in this little vignette? Well, different people have little different opinions on this. I I think I think we do. Okay. Um, and so a great way to ask yourself is what what kind of stuff does Saul talk about? Mm-hmm. And what kind of stuff does a servant talk about? So, so for example, when you're looking at Saul, um, Kish, you know, take one of the young men with you, arise and go look for the donkeys. Like Kish is the first one to speak, his dad. Yeah. And so blah, 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 go, go back. Verse five is when we get Saul's first words. Come, let us go back. So they have not found the donkeys. And yet Saul, the future leader of Israel, after a little bit of hardship, is ready to go back home even though he's not found the donkeys. Mm-hmm. And most people are like, that's that's supposed to be, meet Saul, the guy who doesn't find his dad's donkeys. And he's ready, he's still ready to go home. He's ready to quit. So that's, that's the deal. But the servant talks him out of quitting. And the servant is the one who points him to Samuel. And the servant is the one who uh, has... You know, Saul is wealthy. It tells mm-hmm. us up front, up at the very beginning, a man of wealth. And yet Saul didn't bring any money with him and didn't bring enough bread 
to take very long to find the donkeys. Like ever so Saul is unprepared. He's quick to quit. He's he's you know not got any money with him. He's counting on his servant for everything. It just it just all starts off feeling like I'm not. This is not a great I resume. A, yeah, I do not have a, have a lot of faith in Saul as a leader. Right, exactly. So, so that's how we start looking at him is these little signs. Um, and then he's going to meet the seer, Samuel. Um, and the author tells us back in those days, they called prophets seers. It's just a fun little... Yeah. Just so you're not confused. Um, <laughs> <coughs> um so Excuse me. you get all the way down through it. And so it I I'm assuming we will only get through nine, but I will actually tell you there's a chance we get down into ten. Okay. Um, because ten is um oh oh there's here's another little fun one, by the way. Where is um so there is a very clear Hebrew word for king. Mm-hmm. Um it's like Melech, but um and it can mean, there's a verb form, which means to rule over. And there's a verb form, which means, I mean, a, a noun form, which means king. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Um, and you have in, where is it? Um, it should be around verse 13. Um, oh, there, no, 16. And they get this record scratch moment that we talked about. Um, now, the day before Saul, the Lord had revealed to Samuel, tomorrow about this time I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him to be prince over my people. That's not the word for king. And it's really wild that it's like, oh, wait, why isn't he going to be king over my people? Mm-hmm. And that theme is going to be maintained. Um, and by the prince. way... Um, so my I have a little note, and it just says, or leader. Yeah, right. It just means but it just means leader. It's it not the word for king, king. though. Uh-uh. And and then you're going to get it again when Samuel saw Saul. The Lord said to him, "Here is the man of whom I spoke to you. It is he who shall restrain my people." It's not the word for king. It's not the word for rule over. It is the it's a lesser word meaning to limit or restrain them. And Do you so think that's intentional because God is like I'm still the ruler. I I think this is not God's. Uh, choice for king. Mm. And so, I mean, he's going to choose Saul for the people, but this is not yeah. who God, this is not God's idea of a king mm. is I think fundamentally what it comes down okay, to. Okay. That makes sense. This is not God's idea of a king. And so um, he's not going to call him king. Now there is another fun little difference, by the way, uh, the verse chapter eight that we just went through yeah, uses the term the people. And verse nine, it is my people. Um, and so it is interesting. It's like in verse eight, when the people are demanding a king, the language is the almost like those people. Yeah. But then in verse in chapter nine, I'm not thinking I'm saying verse instead of chapter in oh, chapter great. nine, yeah. it's God is reclaiming them. My people. My people. Which may be why it's why, like you said, why Saul is only the prince. Mm. Is because they're my people. They're not Saul's people. And, um, and that, that's a be. subtle difference that I think it can, it can easily be missed. That's cool. Mm-hmm. There's lots of fun little things like that all through this, these chapters. So just, just diving in and studying them 
and and I don't know, you know, I don't I don't want this just to be a, um, you know, I don't want this to just be a let's bash Saul, but right, right, right. But I think that's really what this is: is a it is a character study of Saul, a man who has very poor character, right. And so it's kind of unavoidable that we're going to continue to come back to, okay, this is not, um, you know, this is this is not a guy who you would want leading you. Yeah. And he's going to get all the benefits. I mean, the spirit of the Lord is going to rush on him just like he, by the way, just like he did Samson. Um, we talked about that they want a Samson and God is going to give them a Samson. And we, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll find several parallels uh, to Samson and, and Saul. Man, talk about somebody you do not want to parallel. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Exactly. Goodness. Um, and so, so, yeah. I had a question kind of going mm-hmm. back to um, when you're saying it talks about um, of the tribe of Benjamin, a ravenous wolf. Yeah. Where Where is that? Genesis 49. So would would people, when they read this then, and this starts happening... Should you should you already be thinking? Oh no! Like a ravenous wolf is it? Is it a negative connotation? Well, it's it is certainly not a like not a king. king. Yes, or and which is what happens by the way. So if you remember, and I'll probably do this. I'll unpack this a little bit. Um, is that uh, Benjamin is the tribe in the tribe of Benjamin? A group of Benjaminites is who sexually assault a woman to death. Oh, a whole wow. bunch of yeah. them. Um, and is, so, that, is that at the end of Judges? Is that what, Yeah. Okay. And so it's this horrible story. Uh-huh. And the and the rest, uh, the, essentially all the other, the other 11 tribes-ish, or whatever, however many tribes get involved, a bunch of the other tribes gather together and essentially kind of declare war on Benjamin. Okay. And they they almost wipe them out. They kill them almost. They call them down to just a few people. Um, for, for some reason, number six hundred is in my head. I don't remember for sure if that's uh-huh. right, but it's it is a shocking, um, like they, they almost go out extinct, and then the last few um, are rescued, and then the last, and then they are given this opportunity to kind of you know grab wives for themselves that uh-huh. is another tough passage that none of us know exactly what to do with the right like, i feel like all the end of that the end of that book is just like you kind of like what, what is going on <laughs> yes yes but but it's meant to show man we have strayed far from the lord that's exactly right so anyways Un- unrestrained this yes. is what we turn into so they get there so basically they're they're able to then repopulate their tribe essentially. Some, yeah. yeah. Well that's why he says I'm the least I'm oh, the smallest yes. clan in the smallest tribe. And so why would Benjamin he's right to ask the question, wait, what I'm a Benjaminite. Why would I be chosen to be special? Yeah. And so there's no reason for anyone to think that's going to be the case. But Which, it just keeps going. Should that theme remind us of Joshua? What do you say? Just because he when he is called in the wine press, he's like, why me? I'm the least of my family and the least of my... You mean Gideon? Gideon. Gideon, what you that's thinking? What okay. Good okay. grief, Gideon. Yeah. Yes, oh, that's well, what I meant. Or Moses or anybody yes, else. Yes, like yes. everyone... Anyone, yeah, that, yes. that's a common yes. response is for people to say... Not why me? Yeah, why me? Okay. What we never know is, is that from a position of humility or is it from a position of like 
false humility yeah. or, or, you know, what's going or is it just, they're trying to avoid. And so, you know, that's one of the big conversations people have about Moses is, is Moses just trying to get out of this? Yeah. Is it like a lazy? <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, want to go back to Egypt. Yeah. They hate me there. Yeah. <laughs> so is it that? Um, and so, or is it, you know, he just legitimately is is saying, I don't know what to do with that. So mm, interesting. Um, and we can't ever know. Right. It's not clear. You know, with someone like Moses later, he's described as, you know, one of those humble men who ever lived. Mm-hmm. So maybe for him, it really was just humility. And Saul does not seem to exude right. that. Exactly. Saul, what Saul exudes is not wanting to get involved, not wanting to mm-hmm. risk himself. Like that's, that's much more. Well, and it's like, if you, if you look just at the little, you know, interaction between him and his servant, it seems like his servants, like, yeah. maybe we should, maybe we should do this. He's like, oh yes, good idea. <laughs> good call. Uh, yeah. Uh, here's my idea, you know, like taking <laughs> yeah. the credit or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not, but that's I, interesting. And I think that's what we run into for the next, uh, for a few chapters is, is this picture of a man who eventually is declared king. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, what's funny is there's a couple of moments when you go, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Like when he has some enemies who talk bad about him and he just says, I'll leave him alone, ignore them. Mm-hmm. Well, was that the right call? I mean, should that's what he does. And we kind of go, well, that's nice of him. Right. Because from our standards, well, that's nice of him. But is is that what he was supposed to do or was right. he supposed is to? Is that being passive? Yeah, is he being too passive? And so that's what I mean when I say you've got someone who is, uh, you know, impetuous at times and yet, and impatient at times, and yet sometimes just refuses to act. Huh. Um, so anyway, it's, it's yeah. really, it's really wild. Are you going to, gonna, are you going to uh, talk any more about Nehemiah in contrast to that or, or no? I am sure that will come out okay. because there is, there is no doubt that there's a, there are there is such a clear line between the good leaders, yeah. like Samuel or Nehemiah, and the poor leaders. And and but the main one you're supposed to get is not Saul and one of Saul precursors, but Saul and his the man who follows him. David. Yeah, um, that's I think what the that's main the, that's the main the thing we're supposed yes. to see is go. Oh, this is not. When we get to David, then you go. Wow, this is just not much like. Saul in places. So, okay. Very cool. Anything else? I I think that'll get us there. I mean, I think we're in a good spot and it's the next few chapters are probably going to go pretty quick. Yeah. Um, which I think is, is pretty amazing that we'll have to unpack what all of it means, but yeah, it's, it's anybody can read this section and get the gist of it. I mean, maybe not details, but get the gist of it without doing a lot of study. It's about a guy. We all understand that. That's awesome. Well, as, as you're preparing, read through 1 Samuel 9, and uh, we'll see you again on Sunday. Be encouraged.